Yo, hey, missed you. <laughs> <laughs> that was so wistful and emotional. Yeah, yeah, go radio Thursday at noon. I'm Damon. If you're ever wondering what it's like to come back from a trip where uh, Damon is in a relationship with you, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> hey, I missed you. I missed you too. This is Ergo, WHBK Ergo Radio. Uh, dot com. What we do here is showcase strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. We're a little late on the start today, um, but the good news is we got to hear like the extended version of the song that always plays before us, which like had some jams in it. Shout out to uh, Michael Flaherty, the <laughs> DJ before us. No snow pants. Um, we are very excited to be here. We have a very special guest. Uh, we have a couple community announcements up top. Do you have anything you'd like to announce to or for the community? I've been seeing some art things that are happening this weekend. I know Troy Warren has an exhibit called Pink that's happening on the 25th, which is Saturday. Uh, I don't know when and where, but, you know, y'all got phones. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> if you got SoundCloud or iTunes, you, you have the internet. <laughs> Here are a couple more. Uh, the Humble Park Film Festival is this Shout weekend. Shout out to community. It's not actually in Humble Park. It's at uh, Patio Theater in, Port- in uh, like Old Irving Park, Portage Park. But it's all films, short and long, um, by folks in Puerto Rico. So that's pretty cool. Check that out. Um, Build Coffee, our friends that host the Public Newsroom series down at the experimental station they're having their like official actual they make coffee uh open uh that's on saturday all day they'll be open from there on out but that's gonna be a big celebration something they've been working on for a long time also on saturday uh the annual dyke march uh, which usually actually is in humble park this year it's in little village uh go through and support that and then monday a friend of the show rick wilson has a uh, five dollar show at shuba's if uh, he wins that contest, he gets to open up for the Roots, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's um, and then lastly, next Wednesday, uh, We Are Cliché, which is uh, Shante, Ergo Alam, and a whole other folks. They're doing part of their ongoing series of chit-chat panels. Uh, they're doing one on women in music with Jamila Woods, uh, YCA producing director Mariah Neuroth, uh, artist manager Miranda Govea, and Mary Grace McKean, who's a talent buyer. So definitely go through, support Shout out that. Pronunciation of Neuroth. I'm, oh, I'm you ne- like that? I never know how to get that out. You well, just... when you when you've been employed by her for, for multiple years, <laughs> shout out Mariah. There you go. Um, that's all I have for and about the community. Um, I need to do better. I forget. <laughs> anyway, you want to? You yeah, want to? We got a very it. special. We got guest. a very, very, very special guest. Uh, filmmaker. Uh, charming young man in general. Uh, <laughs> somebody I'm excited to be building a, a deeper relationship, videographer, artist. Terrence Thompson's here in the building. Make some noise for people. Bra, 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 So before we get to you know how we like to start this thing off, it is important to note that you, in fact, are not Mick Jenkins. I'm not. Okay, uh, that's, a, that's contrary a, to popular belief. We're gonna have you yeah, do an impersonation man. for the whole episode, but we're, Mick, gonna, we're gonna cut the collar off your shirt. Okay. <laughs> Mick was gonna be up here. He'll be up here if not next week, very soon. He, you know, he's he's busy doing rapper things. You know, I'm honored, man. I'm honored. <laughs> so how uh how is the world treating you? How are you treating the world? Man, I'm uh I'm learning every day how to treat the world better. Uh, I'm still learning. Still What's trying. something you've learned recently? Something I've learned recently, man, uh, is that people just, uh, well, 
we know that nobody's perfect, but uh, it's just hard for us to always uh, realize that we aren't perfect either, you know? Mm. So I'm still learning. I'm not going to ever be perfect, but uh, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. This is a an interesting place to start, but like, what 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 had you wrestling with that? Like, was it a disappointment from something? What what? Yeah, or just like in general, like, oh, people are people. No, uh, I mean, I think we all come from a place of uh, <laughs> we can easily tear ourselves down. Mm. Me, me, especially, uh, I have a tendency to do that. So, and I just always have to remind myself. And uh, typically, it's not me reminding myself. It's like uh, amazing women in my life who are reminding me, like, yo you know, it's okay. So yeah. shout out to those amazing women who constantly do that for me all the time. I mean, shout out to my boys, of course, always there to listen, but we all know that ladies have a special way of like just opening up and making you feel comfortable, you yeah. know, going and traveling to those parts of our minds that as dudes, we are, it's our natural inclination sometimes just to, to, to run away from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you find yourself um, learning from those influences or interactions on how to like incorporate some of those qualities that you benefit from for other people because the, re- the reason why i'm asking is that I, you know i am aware and hear often um that we put a disproportionate amount of emotional labor on women right like they always hold us down they always. uh so one thing as like men trying to reform for lack of a better word, or or readdress masculinity is like to be more emotionally available exactly. for others. So are there ways that you see women holding you down and like allowing you to be imperfect that you're able to incorporate and in how you engage other people or even like some of your homies? Yeah, I think that's just like, that's hopefully the, the consequence of like having a woman who forces you to do that, that you learn that it's okay. And then you take that same energy and you replicate it as a man, you know, that's, that's hopefully always end goal in those situations, but we know it doesn't always work out like that. It typically is the woman just holding us down with emotional labor and then we get to go and do our thing, you know? So we got a long hour here and we're going to have to get more specific than this. (laughs) I'm just going to put that out there. Um, And I'm not saying you have to say who people are, but like in general, I'm wondering for, I know I just said specific and then I said in general, but like you're you're talking about like, we all have a, you know, we Mm -hmm. have a person who let's, we're we're talking about you today. So who, when you, when you're saying these things, who are you thinking of? Uh, specifically, I guess the natural person is, uh, our mother. That's the first person. Shout out to moms. Shout out to moms always. But, uh, you know, it's, a. I'm always, well, I'm different. Uh, I've always had like pretty, uh, gender neutral friend groups. Like just always like rock with both sides. I mean, like, you know, so I have a lot of like, you know, just woman friends in my life who, Mm. you know, I don't know. I don't think I'd be where I'm at without those, like, you know, just, just platonic friends that, yeah. are, that are women. And I know that's against, you know, like, out of my dude circle, like, I'm, like, the one that usually has, like, the most, like, you mm. know, just female or woman friends. I don't use the word female no more. That's I'm interesting. Trying, but, yeah. So I'm thinking about, like, I think it sounds like from what you're saying there, and I know from, with, with Dan, like, being, whether it's, like, multiple friend groups, and, and we're going to, I'm thinking more about, like, as a younger person, like in high school and stuff like that, being the person who is part of like a whole bunch of groups, but necessarily doesn't like have like a, like a one specific crew. Sometimes that you, you you kind of are are piecing together who you are from like a bunch of different people. Were you, and and we'll go like into the full bio. I think we can start there and then kind of work up to what Mm -hmm. you're doing now. Cause we're kind of catching you at an exciting time. Like, (laughs) you know, with, with the film that just dropped and all that, but, um, what was like 
let's say 15 year old Terrence, like, like who was your crew? What were you doing? Were you making things? No, no that, just feeling you that that kind of was my experience. So like just having a lot of different friend groups and mm-hmm. uh, kind of like just taking a little bit of peace from each and every one of them. But yeah, 15, I was a uh, chubby going to Whitney Young <laughs> Magnet High School. Uh, <laughs> I was creating stuff after school. Um, shout I, out to the chubby. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to the chubby <laughs> kids in high school, man. It's okay. It's yeah. life gets better, man. Life gets better. But uh, yeah, I was a uh, and I was kicking it with a lot of different cliques. Uh, you know, like I had this idea of Whitney Young kids. It's like you know not something I necessarily fit into just because I was like coming from the South Side. And even though there is a very very strong you know population of you know black South Side kids Whitney Young, but I felt like I was like. You know, just kind of stuck on that whole Whitney Young narrative a little too hard, too. Mm. And just trying not to fit into that. And it took me to, like, senior year to really, like, say, screw that. Like, you know, nobody fits in here. That's (laughs) really interesting because I think so often it's, like, from what you're saying. And, again, like, from stuff we've talked about, it's feeling like part of a scene or a community, but not necessarily, like, of it or not fully in it. Like, so much of it is about, like, well, I don't fit this thing. And then you realize that, like everyone even mm-hmm. the people who you think really do are pretending Still don't and then yeah. everyone has that like little bit of insecurity i don't know i'm curious because it's something that like i'm i've been trying to shake in general just in my life um is that still something and this is for like for both of us so something you like wrestle with of like feeling like i'm part of this but i'm not of it or like i'm not fully in it or like there's all you know on a basic level it's just some fomo shit too yeah yeah i mean a, a lot of it for me um is wrestling with my my discomfort for my internal desire to be approved. Like my idea of myself is that like, I don't need to be affirmed <laughs> or fit in. And like, that's ideally how I want to like move through the world. Uh, but then I'll be in spaces like, man, I really want people to like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because no. I want people to think I'm cold. Yeah. I, want, I want to be like celebrated. Um, and so it, it is difficult because once you go wide, like a lot, a lot of us who have like had certain mobilities in the city, instead of going really deep, uh, it is mm. harder to be to be the most celebrated, right? Like if you if you are around a bunch of cliques, for me it feels like I'm I maneuver in and out of people who spend all their time together, or a lot of their time together, mm. and, and so never having that like my crew where I know I can like speak the way I speak or sometimes I use like language as like a defense mechanism. So sometimes I speak more like properly or eloquently or more traditional, like Eurocentric when I'm trying to like be, be liked. Uh, hmm. and, and, and so, yeah, it, it, it affects my personhood in mm. some ways of like bouncing around. But now at this point, um, doing this work, uh, and all of the work in the world that I do kind of synergizing, I do feel a little bit more at home when I enter all of the spaces that I have access to, but it's taken a while to be able to get to that. How about you, bro? Yeah, I'm still at a place where I feel like it's like I do have these like separate communities, you know, uh, you know, when I do choose to like, you know, go to a protest or something like that or like. There is a different, like, I know these people from, like, the, this area and then, like, my homies, you know, that I've always known don't necessarily, they're not, they're not you know, they're not political, you know, they're, they're busy trying to get money. And I mean, I as I am, I, but, yeah, my friends, I do deal with, like, separate, you know, politics in different circles sometimes. And, you know, that overlap can be a little uh, 
<laughs> it's tricky, yeah, right? It can, it can be tricky sometimes, you know, especially when you feel like you're living like with two different, you know, yeah. circles, you know. For, for both of y'all, because yeah. from that experience and the question you ask is, what I struggle with a lot is that it leads to hella small talk. Yeah, <laughs> man. And, and like, I, yes. I, I've learned like, man, I either can have like an hour long, really in-depth conversation or I'm stuck at like a three minute conversation mm-hmm. that really makes me feel unfulfilled. It makes me feel like I'm not having impact or being impacted. Yeah. So how like... As a transient and as somebody, I think, you know, you've probably moved around even a little bit more than me in terms of like on the social tip. Uh, like, how do y'all avoid the small talk? Because I know there's got to be somebody out here listening who hates Man. that shit as much as me. And we got to kill the small talk 2017. Man. 100%. What do you think? I'm, I mean, I can go. I don't have an answer. Uh, <laughs> Some of it is. lost in the sauce of the small no, talk. Man. Me too. I, some of it is like surrendering control over it exactly that's the biggest thing is Mm -hmm. like i kept feeling like um like everyone else knew how to do it again it's that imposter syndrome right like everyone else knew how to be there better than i did and like i was the one because i felt like anxious or stuck that like i was the one who was failing and the Mm -hmm. people were like oh this dude doesn't know how to be around people at all (laughs) um and so it was just like surrendering control of the conversation which is a tough thing to do like we come up here and we're the hosts, right? We control the conversation. And that's like a mode that I really love. And like, I can surrender control in little ways, but you know, it's all about that anxiety of like, this is our show, Terrence. Right. Don't, <laughs> don't even think don't about taking you it. Dare. Nah. <laughs> I will turn this show around. There goes sin. Do not pull your phone out. <laughs> but some of it has just been like saying there's going to be like a, a, a silence or an awkward pause or whatever. And like, let that be, and then don't have to be the one who like drives it forward. Let the other, because the odds are they're probably just as uncomfortable as you. And even Mm. if they're not, that means they can like drive the ship and you don't have to do it. So that's, that's the big thing for me is like surrendering control. I'm getting out of that small talk. Man, I've learned to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Just really just trying to ask questions and and trying to make them like thought provoking. At least, I mean, you don't always, you're not always interested by the people that you're forced to have small talk with. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I do feel like we are placed in certain spaces for reasons. So there's like always some knowledge you can get from somebody. So if you ask the right question, it can jumpstart a good conversation. Like my new opening question, which is, which of your parents do you like better? <laughs> Which means, I mean, man, that's, <laughs> that's real intense. That, that's either like, open it up. That's nice either like really hard to answer or really hard to answer. Like, yeah, like it's either you know the answer, which means that like right. something bad happened, yeah. or right. or like damn. But so. We, Which we, of your Roberto? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're we about 20 minutes in and like, let's kind of just talk about this moment and this season that you're in right now, because mm. it's really exciting. You glow me up personally. I, I am I am happy to be be getting a little bit of, of the glow that 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 you have been a part of creating. But uh, we just had a screener of your this your first short film, right? Or no, no, it's actually not my first. Oh, okay. But of your new short film, Drive Slow, uh, which was produced through Free Spirit Media and the Shot Track program. But it's a really, you know, I've been on sets kind of my whole life, and it's like a really, really well done highly produced like great piece uh so congratulations first of all for, for getting that off but uh for those who don't know and haven't been like seeing it on the twitter world or, or what's going on like what was that and how, how did that process like feel for you man what was that what, what, what just happened <laughs> that's the question i'm asking for now what was that what was that <laughs> I, I don't even know uh i just remember 
uh, me and my boys, like, senior year, kicking it. And just, like, I don't know, it was, like, right before we went to college. And we were, like, man, our lives should be a TV show. Like, <laughs> you know, like, we just, like, we just had the craziest summer. Let's go to college. You know, like, we're, like, well, not some of us are. But, like, you know, like, we just felt like it's just we had never seen our stories be told ever. So, like, I don't know. That was, like, the first, like, mm inception of the idea but you know freshman year of college i'm like facing expulsion for some petty weed stuff where were you in school i was at university of illinois band of champagne mm-hmm. um was, that's pretty typical of you when the young the u of i yeah you're, you're yeah like... man. it was the cheapest school it was <laughs> yeah, the cheapest school right. it, was the Chicago it was the cheapest school a lot of was... orange in your at your career <laughs> man yeah my big brother went there too but no nah. so you're in like this moment of tension there your freshman year where they're like you're maybe about to get kicked yeah, out. I'm maybe about to get kicked out. Um, actually, no, I think at this point, I I was on pro- strict kind of <laughs> probation at this point. I, I, I successfully not gotten kicked out, you know, and I was just like really like just in the dumps. Like mm. all my friends were kicking it and I'm like on these drug tests and like mm. I, I can't, I didn't really want to go out that much, but I started just writing like just like about my summer and I don't know where like the Kanye you know, I guess I was just listening to Drive Slow and I just thought about the concept of the song and just what it meant to me. Mm. And I don't know, I think that's probably where that whole attachment of the first like Drive Slow came from. But yeah, I didn't, it was just like an outline of like cool things that had happened to us that summer. I didn't actually put it to like a script form until mm-hmm. like years later. Had you been writing before? Yeah, I was a part of a program uh, that really got me started writing. Uh, it's called Digital Youth Network, um, funded by a black woman named Nicole Pinker. And it was uh, just an after-school program that they started in my charter school on the South That's Side. That's connected to U Media, right? See, yeah, Digital Youth Network was like the OG U Media, damn near. <laughs> like, we... They got the grant to do your media because of the success of DYN. Mm-hmm. You know, I was one of the first kids. So, like, you know, Brother Mike is really the first person that got me writing. Like, I was in sixth grade and he came in our class and just like, y'all got to write some poetry, you know, or who wants to write poetry? And I had been, like, interested in just because of, like, Deaf Poetry Jam, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, man, like, <laughs> this dude, like, he said I could write, you know. So that's where it kind of, like, started. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I was in that program all through middle school. And then when I graduated, uh, they were like, yeah, we need like junior assistants to like help in the video aspect because that's where I really flourished. Like, because I had always like been into cameras. So in high school, I worked as like an assistant video apprentice teaching classes to the kids, just doing the same thing I was doing. Mm. But um, yeah. So you you had been kind of like, uh, we'll go back to the to the middle school, high school days. But yeah. I want, so you're, you're freshman year of college, you're coming off of this like, remarkable summer that y'all feel like is qualified yeah, to be on, yeah. on on the tv on tv and, and you start writing um was it a like as it took shape was it a narrative piece was it a film was it a the idea of a tv show like how basically how did it get to where it is now and then a little bit like what is it now yeah we just knew that it was going to be we just knew we wanted it to be a television show um but uh i it was just like an outline at first just like mm-hmm. i wrote like you know just i thought of like the craziest memories I had and I just really just journaled them kind of but uh and I was add to this list like every time something crazy in my life happened everything time something crazy in one of our lives happened like we all talk about it, and I just kept I just kept writing all this stuff down mm-hmm. um but you know it was just like a list and then after I finally made had the courage to leave U of I just because I was just sick of just that whole environment and I knew that I would be doing what I'm doing either way because I was just so into 
like my filmmaking at the time. I'm gonna throw an anti shout out to U of I right now. Anti shout out. Anti shout out. College isn't for everybody, and it, it is for some people. But you know, I just needed some time. And I, I want to talk yeah. about that list a little bit. I mean, I still want to get through to, yeah. to to the project, but that that's kind of like a very um, interesting, powerful process, right? Mm-hmm. Like for personally, like outside of like art just as a documentation of like to be to be creating a list or like accounting your experiences did that especially while you were in this like tumultuous time did did that have any like personal impact on being able to reflect and being able to see and kind of like chronological like or how did that like reframe where you were in that transitional phase man uh i think it's just having that list i mean we were pretty separated me and my boys uh Mm. we had all and we hadn't really been like I mean, I really started hanging out with like a different, you know, crew, like my senior year of high school, just because I was like, man, I'm tired with young kids. Like, you know, I'm hanging out with kids around my house and, you know, I just reconnected with Too much orange. older friends, <laughs> older friends and like newer friends. And we kind of just, it was like this new click, like some of my older friends and like some of my newer did friends. Did you have we a click name? Kid. Yes, we did have a click name. What were you? We were GHB. Oh, what it stand for? Man, it had many, many. Mm-hmm. Uh, As all good yeah, acronyms very, do. Very many different uh, <laughs> forms of acronyms. But uh, I think the the lamest and like joking for one was the Get High Boys. Okay. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> did did, we did were, y'all have a, a name for I did. I did. Me and my clique. It started in, in seventh grade and went through high school. It was KS. Uh, it, it, it like Kill Squad was the wow. Was see, the, yeah, get yeah, high boys, Kill Squad. <laughs> well, I, I think somebody told us like we they told us the GHB stuff for a uh, goofy hoe ass bitch. We like, no, that's starting to fight right there. That's, a, Hell, that's no. how park brawls get started <laughs> right, right there. <laughs> we are the get high boys. Don't get <laughs> it wrong, dude. We are the get high that's, boys. That's so, so yeah, we can yeah. fast forward a little bit to like. The, the the summer and and so you know I know free spirit and, and shy track and we could talk about you guys in those programs after but like talk about the process of going from like all right now we have a script to there being like craft services and a full dolly and like yeah. lighting and now having like a a a, a completely edited like, yeah, you made like a real like a, like a real, like a real short film like yeah, yeah I made like a real short film oh <laughs> uh, but now the uh, the the script I mean we had a pilot script that. I finally wrote three years after making that original list mm-hmm. and that we have been sitting on that script, the pilot I wrote for a while before uh, I just started going to shy track events just because I needed just more plug into like filmmaking in the city mm-hmm. and shy track was offering just like workshops. So I met Alex Thompson in one of those workshops where I was just like, Hey, you're a director. Can you read my script? And a Thompson. Another Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Just, just really big coincidence. And, or uh, not. or not, yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or not. Thompson so this was all like planned out, <laughs> but he was like, yeah, I'll read the script. And uh, he read my pilot script. It was like 60 pages. He's like, yo, this is dope. I want to produce it. And I was like, um, never had somebody tell me that before but okay so like for the past year we've kind of just been trying to like shop it and we've had some offers from some hollywood people try to give us really bad deals but um we're not gonna (laughs) speak on that um and are you sure (sighs) if you want to speak we can go on that we can talk about what does a bad deal look like because we hear about like music bad deals we don't hear about tv bad deals as much um, I was told I, we sent the pilot to a known producer, a Chicago producer. People, a lot of people know him. I'm not going to drop no names, but uh, his company uh, offered us 10% of like whatever the producer's compensation was for any episode that we were involved in. 
So like, this is what they want us to sign after like having like two phone conversations with them. Like, this is what we are agreeing. Like if we give them this property and they're going to sell it to a network, they're agreeing to give us 10% of any fee that any, whatever the producer makes Mm -hmm. uh, for any episode that we are actually are given the opportunity to work on. So even if they take the idea and make some other shit out of it, you don't get a penny. Basically, you know, right. like, it was and like, even if you do, even if they do it with you, you still only get ten percent of what 10%. they made, not ten percent of everything, ten percent of, of what their producer makes. Yeah. yeah, so that was real interesting. Another company uh offered us like, well, I just, and I don't know if it was a bad deal. It was more so just like very fresh. Didn't really know them that well, and they came to us asking like, you know, saying they can get it on the network. We just got to give them fifty percent of all the profits, you know. You know, but they they made a lot of promises and they may have been true. We don't know, but it was just a lot to very new relationship just to give you 50%. You know, it's like, I got to know you a little better. And they're, they kind of got thrown off by the fact that I didn't immediately trust them. So I think we like, don't talk about negotiation enough. It's like the weirdest thing. Like at some point you think like, oh, there are rules to how things work. No. In pretty much everything, there's like no rules. You just have to be able to negotiate and negotiating is like such a specific uh, process that's so rooted in like power dynamics and how people mm-hmm, communicate like mm-hmm. maybe i don't know if this was present in any of the experiences for you but like how did you and did you feel comfortable being a negotiator like at what point did you realize or learn that you had the leverage of like we have the product that they want man it it I didn't really realize it it was like i was still trying to appease their you know right. end of it and once like i ca- i just kept pushing like you know like can we please like maybe have 51% like we go like, like, and like the more I pushed, they were just like, they, they kind of had to like say, no, like you're not trusting us. We're going to walk away. And that's what made me realize that like, I typically, I mean, I had the power the whole time. Right. Like, you know, it, it took them walking away from me. Be like, All right, I'm not going to. Yeah, Cause they're never going to tell you that. Right. You yeah. Know? You know, yeah. no, I mean, that's real. You kind of, that, that was kind of a, a, a deeper concept than I, my brain was ready for it. Cause like thinking of some economics, like the fact that we just accept prices overall, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's a real power thing. Like yeah. it's supposed to be about supply and demand and prices aren't supposed to be like a fixed thing. So the fact that people say, this is what you get mm-hmm. or this is how much some costs means that like someone's doing yeah, something. Someone's dictating somebody. Yeah. And, and it's like the, it's the argument, you know, for all the like conversation around, you know, with the wage gap, like that's always how it gets framed. Right. Um, is like, well, you just don't negotiate as well. Well, it turns out like when women try to negotiate, they get punished for yeah, it. They don't get hired. And then when they don't negotiate, they get paid less. And then people go, why didn't you just negotiate better? Mm-hmm. So there's actually, I was just listening to uh, a podcast with this woman named Jill Filipovich who wrote a book called The Feminist Pursuit of Happiness. You're killing his last names. Hey, <laughs> Fil- <laughs> Filipovich off the tongue. <laughs> I strongly recommend her book. It's actually, mm-hmm. it's interesting. It talks about like, how do we reimagine all these structures Rather than like moving towards equity, like what would it look mm-hmm. like to redesign these things? It's like all imagination, radical imagination mm-hmm. stuff, uh, specifically like from a feminist lens. So I strongly recommend that. We'll throw it on the Ergo reading list. Shout out the reading um, list. But yeah, she talks specifically about like that negotiation moment of like just how, like how much the person on the other side of the desk is counting on you not realizing that you have what is the only thing of worth there. Um, Or, you know, they might have access, but you have the thing that they can't create. Mm -hmm. So, so ultimately in making it and now it existing, um, how much does it look like 
what you were imagining before? Well, it's just a short film. Uh, when I got into the Chicago track, uh, they have an intensive program where they just give extensive training to 10 people that apply and uh, like just all the different fields on set production. And the hope is that through these classes and all these professional development workshops, they'll be able to like hire us. You know, so that's something, a new program that they're trying to pilot and get off the ground just so kid or 18 to 25 year olds that really want to break into this industry can actually like find a way but uh they were like yeah we want y'all to work on a final project together and alex you know is going to help facilitate that process and he was like well we've been working on draft slow trying to get this pilot script forever like you know why don't we make something you know just in line with your vision you know so we only have like seven thousand dollars you know, and the pilot script is going to cost way more than that for any investors out there. <laughs> you know, we need like half a million. You know, so if you got it, you know, cut the check. You know, cut, cut the, the check. check. But yeah, we had seven thousand dollars. We were like, let's make a short film. I wrote something brand new. You also have the and, Hollywood laugh down. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think I, I think I overdid it. Uh, the third one was a little, a little creepy, much. Little but the first, <laughs> we're still <laughs> learning. That then became the, like right. the two a.m. bar. Okay, yeah, yeah, you know that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna practice at home. <laughs> but um, what, what so, did, so what ended up being made though? You're saying it's yeah. not the full pilot. It's but, just a ten minute. Yeah, it's just like a it's an eleven minute uh, short film that um is the kind general of, aesthetic. It is. It's an aesthetic. I mean, I wrote the the pilot was so like based like I want to like completely just live outside of this violence narrative that we're so accustomed to. Um, so the pilot is really trying to like show another side of the South side. Um, and it's just like some kids really just trying to hang out and kick it and find a party for the day, you know, which is really like a, a real human, super bad, like story just to like kind of start the series off. Cause I know the South side is so much bigger than the violence that we know exists, but you know, I just wanted to the first episode to kind of like just surprise people and not deal with that. Just cause like that was a lot of days for a lot of kids on the South side, just kicking it, you know, but, um, when I was writing the short film, it was like, you know, I just feel like that narrative, I mean, something, there was a lot of crazy things just going on in Chicago at the time. So it was like hard just to like, you know, if I'm making the short film, like, you know, maybe I don't want to exist completely out of that narrative for this. I have mm-hmm. the show to do that. And to like build on that. But in the short film, I was like, you know, let me at least, you know, like I, as much as I hate, you know, just sensationalization of our violence. I know we need pieces of media that have nuanced, you know, portrayals mm-hmm. of it. Or at know, least counter narrative. At least counter narrative. So if I'm gonna like, you know, talk about violence, at least add something to the conversation, at least do something that's never been done before. At least put it in the hands of the people that never really get to talk about it and be in control of that conversation. So yeah. I was like, you know, if it could be like these, you know, seniors in high school, these kids having the same conversation that we've heard a million times, like it was really just what I envisioned. Like in the short film, like we'll have these characters from the pilot have that Chicago conversation that we've had a million times. Like, you know, where we're just sick of people like, you know, judging us from a surface level. You know, and completely not trying to ignore it, you know, also engaging with the violence, but just in a different way, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, we've we've talked about this a, a bit on the show, but like, what's the piece of that or, or what are some pieces that maybe you're tired of hearing in that that aren't just like the most basic, like beyond the like overt, maybe overt racism of it? Like, what is so what are the pieces for both of you that are like so tiring about those narratives? Um, number one is conversations that exist, like, that take violence past, like, gang violence, mm-hmm. you know, like, we understand that that is, you know, it's happening, but violence is a lot deeper than that, you know, it's it's way more complicated than just gangs, uh, the systemic ways that violence is perpetuated, um, and something that the film doesn't necessarily get across, you know, I wish it did, uh, 
I wish it did, but uh, something I'm really sick of is just the centering naturally of just black men in the conversation of violence in Chicago, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the short does play into that to an extent and mm-hmm. uh, I wish it didn't, but that's something that I really wish the conversation would broaden, you know? Yeah, I mean, for, yeah, yeah. And um, for me, because uh, you did, I think the thing that 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 irks me the most, that I don't even realize, irks me the most, is the misunderstanding of the history of of gangs in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, like the way, especially like the former police superintendent McCarthy, uh, would he had to go, uh, had to go. <laughs> uh, the, the way he would use the word gang politically. In the, interchangeably as like the federal government used the word terrorist mm-hmm. um, as this like kind of just broad spread idea that completely dehumanizes someone and then, then they deserve any type of violence or any type of torture that comes their way uh, when the gang idea of like which is based on like a very like blood crypt type of concept. There's a red and a blue side and they're like just feuding and they just hate each other. Also like Shire, the movie, like, you know, like <laughs> we just don't like that we wear different colors. That's all um, it is. Instead of there being like actual you know, clans, actual connections, actual tensions, actually looking into the conflicts that are happening. Um, yeah. It's something that bothers me. And then just the lack of, you know, obviously it's, a, it's for me, it's always about resources and trauma, uh, but specifically in Chicago uh, about militarization and how that creates um fragmented violence for those who have the least access to power mm-hmm. um and so it, it, it gets brought up in the short and i know a lot of people i kind of have a pushback on like kind of the like progressive black response to the chirac thing yeah. like i think actually it is a really brilliant concept that was like street poetry uh but it, it is similar to me of like the word nigga of like if you are not from that experience you should right. not use that language but then also mm-hmm. it, it gets kind of problematic when like kind of sometimes for me black people with privilege are like Chirac does not exist because for some people it is a war zone for some people it is, um, right. and in the way school, schools were bombed in in, mm. in, the, in the Middle East schools were closed down here in the way that there are Marines and you know special forces patrolling and breaking in doors and killing people on accident and killing people on purpose yeah. like we are experiencing that and how that environment creates violent conditions which creates Mm -hmm. violent behaviors which creates trauma which creates more violence uh and so yeah looking at the experience with like a structural nuance Mm -hmm. you know what i mean what do you think about chicago i've been waiting for someone to ask (laughs) this is your this is your time no but to to, uh (laughs) to kind of transition but to stay in, in something you talked about so you you mentioned like that you threw the shop in the pilot um recognizing the power you had over what you know in terms of something you created um and i want to i want to like kind of one commend you but ask you about like the humility that you operate with right because on the set even as the writer and director uh there was a there was a a a strong humility and a strong like collectivism in how you approached and also were like very open to feedback and very open of like i actually don't know what i'm doing (laughs) as a director Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not even sure that directing is going to be my final lane mm. and i'm going to and i'm not going to shy away from doing this work and doing right. the job and 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 bringing my power to this space but at the same time not treat myself as an authority or, or be feeling myself because a lot of people young and old right like i'm the writer and director could just be like smelling their whole shit you know yeah. the whole time even yeah. even people who like don't really know what they're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah no. and, and so like I, I i would like to to talk towards how humility is like 
been a part of your process, but also like what are some of the foundations of of, of how you operate? Because I think basically, like, how do you not get lost in the sauce? Yeah, man. man it's For those very, who don't know, we've been like very deep in that Gucci video. No, bro. <laughs> I, mean, I think I don't think I'm lost in the sauce now because I have been lost in the sauce. Ooh. You know, oh, like, I want that story. You know, like, <laughs> then you lost the sauce. I've definitely been lost in the sauce, many sauces. So, like, <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, it's life. I mean, we all have to learn. We all have to. Take no, 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 no. We're going specific. specifically, straight to the sauce, straight to the sauce. Man. What sauce? <laughs> what kind of herbs and spices are man, in this sauce? Man, oh, well. I think we we live in I oh, I speak for yourself. I, I as much as you want to, but uh, uh, I've definitely lived in a world of uh yeah we we know what it is. Uh, <laughs> we know what it is. I mean, like we, all right. I respect the mistakes. The mistakes, you don't have to go the mistakes are real. I'm. I mean, wait. I'm I actually like. Let me. I'm still lost in the sauce. Ooh, honestly, like, okay. and I might not be as lost. You know, but you're getting something your own sauce. You're your way through the sauce. Yeah, and I and I, and I think that's the. It's I a can't wait. To get this I know what the, I know what the sauce looks like. You're, so. you're 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 not drowning in it. You're swimming in the sauce. You know exactly. And I think that's the there to be lost treading, in the sauce. That's a great analogy. Shout out to Dan, man. Because like maybe I'm treading water. Or I'm treading sauce right now. Which is really hard I, to I'm do. Not, I'm not struggling as much. You know, it gets you really strong. They like, like build you know, your shoulders. Yeah, up. yeah, you know, I'm treading in the sauce, and I'm not drowning like I was. So like I'm in a better place. So that this tread has given you like a humility, yeah. Um, and so is that like um, a natural like home environment type thing, or is that something that you've learned and is like an intentional part of process? Because uh, I think I think I, I strive really hard to be humble, but it's something that is definitely like I am. Act- well, not I mean sometimes I catch me, but I am actively like when I'm in spaces where I'm granted power, and it's not trying. fake humble. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, worst yeah, in yeah, the world. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think that my home definitely taught me those those morals I'm supposed to have of like being humble and stuff like that. I definitely learned that at home, but in practice in the world, no, that practice was not there. Uh, mm. At least in the way that it is now, uh, I, I thought I was just by doing the bare minimum of being a nice guy, but it's really like getting more into like just. Uh, activism and like hmm. you know that's really taught me about like just the importance of humility and building relationships and just like the importance of like not centering my voice you know like it's it's really folks like you damon and uh people just that from byp 100 all these organizations in chicago just from like going to charlene carruthers just listening to her talk you know yeah. and like just being friends with y'all on Facebook, like I've learned so so damn much. Just and and I credit like if that's what you see, you know, I think a lot of that did not exist like before, like two or three years ago. I think I was a very different person before. Mm. Like these kind of uh, just I was forced into like being politicized to an extent. Wow. You know, well, that's, I mean, of yeah, course cool. we were all politicized, but like it it it, it went to activated. another level. We yeah. got activated. You know, that's cool because we talk about like you know campaigns or whatever, but that yeah. is really like the the goal, right? Is to have more and more people. Like reflect in that way and like yeah. grow within it, change their individual life as right, well. Right, right. Uh-huh. So, let, so let, let's like let's let's get into that a little bit because I think that has been like even though I don't know if you've like done any project or anything curated, that's been something you've been doing since I've started, like since the first protest that that we organized here in Chicago of like showing up with your camera and documenting and being there and, and participating as well, but also using your craft and your tool 
um, to you know just make sure that even if it's not put out, there's archival yeah. uh, of this. So so how did how did that come about? We were actually just together, just like to be transparent, we was together yesterday. So it's not I'm not like throwing you this, you know, no, yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna pretend like we did just talk about this. No, right, uh, right. But you were showing me footage from like I said, like the first uh, march we organized with Lost Voices from Ferguson in 2014 and it was like emotional for me to watch uh because of like where my relationships are with, with a lot of those people um and just seeing us back there and, mm-hmm. and that like very nascent energy uh yeah. talk about that of, of of how you know you showed up w- with your tool and kind of more deeply how how like movement building ha- has has changed yeah. yeah i mean i'm no activist i'm no organizer I, i'm i want to or i'm striving to like be you know more in lane with that i'm still learning so mm-hmm. uh but yeah when i first uh came back from u of i you know just being in chicago i feel like i did go to like one or two protests when i was in champagne uh but i think trayvon that stuff like it was really popping off when i first got back mm-hmm. and um uh just starting off going to those protests it just it, it changed me you know it, it really did i just I found myself just like really questioning the world Hmm. and, you know, my parents, you know, weren't providing that like response that I kind of needed to understand it, you know, and I'd always knew like that it was messed up, but like, I don't know. It just, Trayvon really did. It changed a lot of people. It it definitely, I've heard a lot of people say that that was their moment. And unfortunately, you know, being aware of it before then, it took, unfortunately, like a younger kid, you know, like to really mess with your head like that. But um after that i'm sorry yeah. yeah no it's just interesting to hear also you said about like your parents not being able to give the framework or the explanation or the yeah, understanding that, that you needed because no. i think to the point of humility like that is that is a real like reconfiguring moment when like you realize that these like you know People they're, they're the, the titans the gods and the gods like yeah. they're yeah. literally three times your height and you like reach up to them when you need anything <laughs> mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like oh they don't one have all the answers Two, they're just people, and three, they're affected by this stuff too. Mm-hmm. And four, we're at eye level now, <laughs> <laughs> right. maybe even taller. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm taller than both my parents. <laughs> shout out to my parents. Humble, yeah. humble brag. Shout out right to pops too. We did. Yeah, but yeah. So, in, in being in those spaces with the lens, um, was that something that you always felt comfortable with? Did, did it ever feel weird to be the one documenting? Like, because sometimes the reason why I always watch, especially actually, it's a little different, especially with white folks who show up to protest with cameras. Yeah. It's like there, it's this, um, like this buffer mm-hmm. or or this protection of like mm-hmm. I'm here, but I'm not of this. I'm like this. I'm still external from it. Yeah. And I think I could see that being part of it for you know other reasons because it, it it takes a while to feel comfortable in in Anti- the streets. Shout out to that. that one dude from Chicago Tribune that one time. No, what do you do? It was at, at, during the 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 Laquan the oh, day yeah, Laquan yeah. video I released, mm-hmm. um, and it was actually Veronica, um, a woman like broke through our circle or car. I couldn't tell if it was intentional. She was just kind of like an old lady that like got caught and like kind of panicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there she was certainly lost. <laughs> she got very lost in the lost. sauce. It's it was... a very bland <laughs> sauce, but it, it is a sauce. And so there was like some real anger she got lost because we, we we had just we had just had this like very like. Like, you know, intense standoff with CPD. Some of our folks had just got arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this car came through and was like, could have hurt somebody. And so there was like some real anger and some real expression. Um, and a, a, a guy from the Tribune, like I saw him like kind of just like lurking around, standing and watching. He waited to like 
the the the, the uh, larger form angry black woman was like showing her rage and was like all up in it and i just yeah. went and like stood in between them yeah. right like i just stood in front of his camera and he told me you can't do that i said i absolutely can absolutely yes i can and then he was like but i'm from the chicago tribune i said i don't give a, <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm a fcc wearing take it easy on you today well like, I, I don't care you know what i'm saying and then he said do you want me to go get the police right like mm-hmm. the police that we just had this brawl with so like he was like threatening my life basically with what he's doing yeah. and then and then we almost get him it's like go get him like we out here with uh, like like that's what we out here doing to right. set it up with them i don't care oh like you're not fit i'm not gonna move i'm not gonna let you do what you think you're about to do no i'm mm-hmm. not gonna take your camera but i'm not like you're not about to sensationalize this i watched you like a pariah yeah. like try to go get this angry moment Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this different so anti shout out that no, yeah. and Certainly. the Chicago Tribune overall yeah yeah <laughs> you know they're owned by a company called Trunk which is just funny to me that's a terrible name for a company <laughs> uh, but so that they're you know that kind of documentarianism yeah. hmm? we you know we talk about up here about being a participant documentarian and like being part of it in order to show it and it sounds like this was kind of an entry point like how was that ever like awkward for you or tense for you or did you feel comfortable with the lens um I feel like that wasn't necessarily an awkward piece for me coming to coming with my camera. I usually did come with folks that like you mm-hmm. know cared about it too. So like I guess that made me just feel comfortable as well because I yeah, yeah I, I didn't start off knowing a lot of people yeah. protest and stuff like that at all. I would come with people if I could, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I did come by myself in like like the Lost Voices March and. uh and no, nah, I didn't, didn't necessarily feel... I mean, even when we was watching the footage, like, I guess I was pretty much just all up at everybody. Like, I, <laughs> I, I felt pretty comfortable, which is, like, looking back at it, like, yeah, like, you know, I felt like, I, shit, I hadn't... It felt good, you know, yeah. like, just to kind of, like, be around people. Like, we, it was so crazy. Me and Damon watching this footage yesterday, and, like, and I do remember just that feeling of, like, these people get it, like, and they're not yeah. scared to, like, you know, they're not scared to, like, you know just force themselves into respectability to be liked, you know, like they're yeah. willing to be their few full holistic selves mm-hmm. and they're willing to showcase their anger. Like, you know, but that wasn't necessarily a hard part. Uh, the hard part with the camera is like, you know, we were talking about this yesterday too, is just like choosing sometimes whether to document or to help. Like, you know, when you're sitting yeah. there watching a, a CPD officer, you know, pull a, a woman by her hair, you know, and like, it's like, I need to get footage of this, but I also want to help this woman. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was more so, you know, that was challenging being a documentarian, boy. But no, I, I think, you know, coming to the protests with the cameras, like the bare minimum of like what I could actually be doing, you mm-hmm. know, I think yeah. that's not what I, that's not really what scared me. What scared me was like really taking it past, like, and building relationships with people past protests and like, um, and it's still scary just cause like, I know like I'm still learning how not to be problematic as mm-hmm. much as I hate the word, but like just, you know, part of that whole process yeah, is like the learning, the learning the fire part. is yeah, the learning yeah. part and you like being be able to be called out and checked on like, you know, when you say something that's messed up, you know, and yeah. being okay with that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with that. And it's interesting. That's yeah. the humility. Right. And I, yeah. it's, it's odd also, you know, so you're shooting footage there. And then we also, in all of our talk about the movie, didn't mention that you're in it, David. No, he's a star. <laughs> <laughs> the lead character. Which is very hilarious. But you, yeah. you know, you, that means you have footage both of Damon in 2014 in the streets and now stuff where you're directing him. Yeah. Um, first weird. of all, yeah. is he a Devon set? Man, Damon is the biggest Devon. Man. He's the biggest Devon. No, Damon's really quiet on set. Like, he really just, is, he gets into his character. His he work. gets into his mode. It was, uh, it was real cool to watch Damon, like, really like kind of just like feel out everything 
feel out everything and then kind of like get into his like own little world to like really embody it was it fun for you it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun because it's it's been a while because the acting thing has been tough for me as i've like become public in terms of radical politics uh because you know the things that they send you on is like commercials for like McDonald's, like how I'm gonna go from a five fifteen march, yeah. and then next week That's get tough. casted to be like a cashier <laughs> smiling at a Super Bowl McDonald's commercial, right? Like just the contradiction of that, or or even if it's not like you know a lot of it is corporate stuff, yeah. uh, but even if it's like you know the more media, I mean the more entertainment, like I, mean, I can't come from like do, doing a speech and then go and be on Empire, go be on Chicago PD if anything right, else, right? Mm-hmm. So like- And those are like the only gigs yeah, in the city. Yeah, so it, right it became now. tough of like, oh, well, I guess even though this is something I enjoy doing, uh, this is not something that's for me right now. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna cut my hair. I'm not really trying to be, you know, even though I did it for the for the age role, I'm not trying to be like having the neat facial hair to be going on auditions yeah. all the time. Oh yeah, how old were you supposed to be? In I was like 18, 17, yeah, 18. 17. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so it was really cool to like get back into the process um and now that like i'm an adult and not a child actor right like that you know I, i'm able to like ask more questions or give suggestions uh and it's 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 hard to like feel like an artist sometimes as an actor it feels like you are like doing something else for what somebody doing, uh man. but this time i felt like in control and i felt myself like interpreting things uh and it, it, there was some synergy right like from it being with free spirit and yca which are programs that have like showed up in, in some real ways and the story and then having a relationship with you know with, with the origin of, of the story and the creator uh it was really a beautiful beautiful experience it's like got the bug back in me and Damn, like now i'm trying to like figure yeah. out like you know yeah. I, 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 as i'm as we're building the organization and as i want to get back into music and writing like acting is definitely some so if you got some raw like independent kind of you know not not bullshit stuff like i'll I, I rock with y'all <laughs> but thank you very much again like you know i said it when, when we did the, the screening but like i wouldn't have i didn't just see the audition my like, I, I don't like respond to agent emails anymore uh so like you hit me up personally to come to come read for it so i was like extremely grateful that i was even considered uh so it was it was a great it was fun it was a great process i was like i need that dude from roll bounce we got the star power i got i got the third lead that's a big that's a big credit not like the the 13th lead (laughs) (laughs) this next comedian coming to the stage you may know him from roll Roll bounce Uh, Folks, make some noise for Damon Williams, son. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. shots. <laughs> that's, that's my name. <laughs> so we're, we're getting close uh, to getting out of here, but I want to add, you know, we mentioned this is, has been through Free Spirit and you talked about Digital Youth Network. And for all of our talk about alternative youth education spaces up here, which is like one of the central themes that's come up, you've kind of like done almost all of them and like continue to be part of that. One, do you ever get tired of like, being the evidence for someone's nonprofit grant. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel oh like you're god. like they, yeah. they like I talk mean, about yeah. having the lens yeah, on. Like they are ready. You are such a poster child, oh, ready oh to go. God. I've been a fucking. I'm sorry. No, it's what up, FCC? Like, we got beef with you. FCC, man. I've been come a see me. Child for quite a few nonprofits. Yeah, and all with the hope of like maybe this is the like the opportunity so I need to do to like take me to the next level. You know, <laughs> you know, but like. uh I mean, I found the most uh, powerful thing or arsenal thing in my arsenal is like, you know, my pen and, and and me and like, but yeah, I've definitely been juiced by nonprofits to get <laughs> some grants. Uh, <laughs> and I think that we, we, we need this work, but it just needs to be come from a radically different lens or <laughs> perspective, you know, because a lot of times the people that they're supposed to be helping 
uh, kind of fall through the cracks a majority of the time. That's a great. Yeah. We're again, we're about to run out of time, but what do you mean by that? By falling through the cracks? I mean, like, uh, it nonprofit work. It 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 definitely targets you know right a, a certain demographic, but it, it I mean I'm somebody that has had a lot of privilege in my life, and yeah. it, it's crazy that uh, for all the nonprofits that I've been a part of, I feel like I'm the kid that they 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 claim it works. Yeah, when I'm like, mm. but my friends it didn't work for them, and they don't right. they don't have what I have, right. you know. So it's always just a weird like it's it's a very weird dynamic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where sometimes they're helping the kids that. Probably would have been, you know, have already been helped in life, you know. Right. Well, the good news is soon you're just going to have to deal with the entertainment industry. You won't have to worry about that. That, That'll be (laughs) smooth sailing. That's the goal. That's the goal. (laughs) Facetiously. All right. So we might have to go 30 seconds over, Alan. I'm sorry. Uh, But but WHPK All Sports Radio is up next. But we got to we got to play the game. Oh, it, 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 it is time to do it. Which this one, is, the old song? No, no. Oh, man, you a, you a real fan. Yeah, that was back in the day. Dang, y'all don't we, do that no more. We ain't done Let Me School You Younger Than a Minute. I was thinking about that yesterday. We got to pull man. that back up for folks. Right, it's, I, cool. it's low key because I ran out of old school songs that were obscure enough. real old school. No, I am. Right. It's just that I don't want to play obvious songs. That's true. So I was trying to find gems that people would know. Like, I don't want to make it only songs people don't know. I'll but then I'm not trying to have it be like, Marvin yeah. Gaye out green, like that's too easy. So, so you're talking about uh, let me school you young from yeah. the archive. He's a, really this is a true, sad, this is love. Wow, this is a true fan. Wow, also, wow. shout out to you because you said you you like drive Lyft or Uber sometimes and you'll play some yes. episodes for the for the for filmmaker Lyft driver. <laughs> Tell me if you see me out in the street. So that's yeah. super love. But but you know you this know. The important but for those who don't know, you know accountability is is the cornerstone of this show. And who we the sect of the world that we are holding accountable is running amok. And those are R and B singers, man. So so as we do uh, every week, if we can, we'd like to start a beef with the R and B singer. Let us know who man, and why. Man. From from David Ruff and the Tory Lanes and anything in between, man. any any era. Uh, but we trying to reel it back in. Oh, this is my time. This bro. is your time. Yeah, we, 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 this is you will never get pressure. this opportunity. <laughs> you know. I was watching a very interesting uh, Kiki Palmer video last Ooh. night, but I'm not even gonna go. You go crazy, go crazy, Kiki. <laughs> don't let the, you know, I'm not even gonna do that. Don't, don't don't let the haters get to I'm going on Tyga, an unofficial R and B singer. Oh, thank God, he 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 lame. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like he, just, he might just rap, but he around. is at his yeah. soul. He's an R and B dude, and so yeah. that's the point, right? Yeah. Like, cause cause hip hop has like gotten so big that like it has caused this identity crisis for, for so there's yes. people who would be r&b singers who are rapping mm-hmm. and there are people Tiger who are doing r&b show. who try to rap yeah, and so tiger should be in a boy band like he should be yeah. in a 90s like group the third guy I think so yeah. i think so i think I we're just tiger. gonna that's what we're gonna do today any <laughs> uh, tiger was on this like game show when he was like 18 or 19, like this MTV game show. Oh, for real? Yeah. And he was like rapping about like being from the Burbs and like all this. Yeah. Like, yeah it was yeah, really, really, it was like some like, yeah. it was almost like a lemonade in the aesthetic, but it was like a be the next rapper type thing. Oh my God. And it was terrible. And it like, it shows his real core of like, he's just been trying to get on this whole time. And he's Cornery. Like, yeah. So, yeah, so super anti shout out to Tiger. We got beef with you. Super anti shout out. That's a great, I want to just commend yeah, you on man. that answer. That Way is to, a strong you, answer. Went outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, you know, you let, like, let's not, uh, let's not, uh, play over the statutory rape 
and yeah, making a song about it. Let's not forget is, about that has emerged that as a part. central theme to, to the, the R&B, R&B Yes, it is. That whole Kanye accountable too for kill, saying you got in there young. Yeah, like, what you, what's wrong, Kanye? Yeah, kill, kill the patriarchy, people. Kill the patriarchy. Let's kill the homophobia. Let's kill all that anti-rape culture up here. So before we get. So I don't know how to transition on that because I'm being very serious. I think that's but, where we go. It feels silly. We but I'm very it. serious about what I'm saying. That's <laughs> when we cut to all sports without. <laughs> Before we get out of here, where is the film going to be visible? Can people see any, anytime? Yeah, my mom, my mom, dad. Well, I, I might be able to send y'all a little private link for okay. you to like, you know, distribute much for people, but we're trying to keep our Chicago premiere or keep us eligible to do a Chicago Film Festival premiere. But I'm showing it to all people that I love okay. privately. They, I just can't like do a public. So build screening. a loving relationship you know, with So build a love relationship with me. You see it. But uh, Shy Filmmaker is my Twitter, Instagram. And I might be posting some like clips on there. It's a know. very good Twitter handle as well. That's, that's a strong yeah. pull on your part. Yeah, shy that, Filmmaker? Good catch. C-H-I. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a little double. The, 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 I'm a little yeah. shy. I'm a little shy. The fact that no one beat you to that. Nobody beat me yeah, to that. You got to hold that off for, for a generation. You could be the Chicago Filmmaker. Man. All right. Maybe no pressure though. Right. We're taking up too much We're time. We're out of here. Thank you so much for coming through. Appreciate y'all. We'll be back next week with another strong young voice from Chicago and or beyond. <laughs> much less. <laughs> <to the> people. <laughs> Peace. 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 Peace.